Our scripture reading today is Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 through 29. And the title of our message is God's Powerful Love for the Church. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24, verse 29. This is the word of the Lord. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. May the Lord bless us in a reading of his holy word. Good morning, everyone. On this Labor Day weekend, it's great to see many visitors here. It's great to see many people here as well as we continue to worship our Lord. The question that I have for you is, what is the church? What is the church? This question has been answered in many different ways by many different people. But I'm not here to give you sort of an academic sort of survey of what people in the past have said church was, nor am I here to to say here what other people might say what the church is. But I'm here to ask you, and I'm here to ask even myself in my own heart about what is church and what are the expectations that we have for church and what are the expectations that the Bible has for church. We need to know what we're getting ourselves into if we want to follow Jesus. And we need to know what we're getting ourselves into if we want to join a church. Now, I know that Emory University has as a Greek life. There's sororities and fraternities. And if you're going to rush, you need to know what joining a fraternity or a sorority entails. No one would just rush just for the sake of rushing. When you go for a job interview, you want to know what the job entails. You want to know what the benefits entail because no one would just take a job just for the sake of taking a job. When our expectations don't meet or are met by what the job description says or by what the organization says, well, there's a disconnect. And either the organization is faulty or we're faulting our own expectations. We need to know what is the church, and we need to know what is our role. If I were to ask and poll people today, what is the purpose of the church? I dare say that most of us see the church as somewhere where I can get plugged in make some new friends, a place that I can feel at home and comfortable, 
a place where I can say hello to people and they say hello to me, a place when I have problems or issues, there will always be someone there to help me and, and, and to console me and to nurture me and to comfort me. And in fact, there's nothing wrong with all of those things. The body of Christ that God has called together, he has called us together to encourage one another, to love one another, and to worship him together. But when we only see church in light of sort of these positive attributes, we fail to see that the church itself, the church itself is a place of spiritual warfare and a place of battle. Now, during this time here, this hour and a half that we have to worship together, we're able to take a deep breath and say, Lord, we worship you. We're able to sing these songs together and say, Lord, we worship you. We're able to confess our sins, take communion, and say, Lord, we worship you. But the church is more than just that hour and a half in the mornings, is it not? And we see here in Paul's letter to the church in Colossae, his extreme God-centered love for the people. First point. If you want to be a Christian, and if you want to join a church, you will suffer. This is why I never understood why people want to become a Christian. I just never understood that. Why does anyone want to become a Christian? Why does anyone want to join a church? Because Christ teaches what? That you need to die to yourself. Christ teaches you what? That you need to die to one another. Christ teaches you what? Christ teaches you that your, you need, your morals need to change, that you cannot do what you want, that you need to do what Jesus wants. And so from that perspective, why does anyone want to be a Christian? Why does anybody want to join the church? You know, in my years of ministry, when people would come to me and say, Pastor Young, I want to become baptized. I want to join your church. I want to join this church. I want to be a part of this community and worship God. I would often say to them, are you sure? <laughs> Do you know what you're getting yourself into? Do you know what you're getting yourself into when you say that you believe that Jesus is Lord? Do you know what you're getting yourself into when you say that you will forsake all of the things of this life and seek Jesus and his glory alone? Do you know what you're getting yourself into when I say to you that when you join this church, that your life is now intertwined with everybody else's life here? Do you understand how messy that's going to be? When you have decided to become a community 
that looks at your deepest struggles and deepest sins and at the same time give glory to God and look to him for comfort? Is that what you really want? And they go, yeah, of course it is. But I often say to them, okay, I'll baptize you. Okay, you can join our church. But let me tell you this right now. You do not know what you're getting yourself into yet. But that's okay. It's okay. Because the Lord, by his grace and his mercy, will show you and teach you along the way. Paul here says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. In my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. Paul himself knew that his role was not only to go and spread the the gospel message in the Gentile world, but his goal was to do what he can to fill up what was lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of the church. He knew that his role was to suffer on behalf of the body of Christ so that Jesus' church may may continue to grow in in their maturation of the faith. Paul is saying to us that there are things that Jesus did that's not sufficient for the upbuilding of the body of Christ. Can you believe that? He's saying that there's actually something lacking in Jesus when he died on the cross, when he rose again from the dead. And you might say, wait, that's not what we teach. We, we teach that Jesus' death and resurrection is complete, that we believe in Jesus and Jesus alone and our salvation is secure. But Paul's saying there's something lacking. And what is lacking is this. Jesus came to build the church. He's gone. He's at the right hand, of, right hand of the Father in heaven. Jesus sends his Holy Spirit, and through Paul and through us, what is lacking is the completion of the body of Christ or the completion of the church. And when we work together, when Paul is here working together, working with the church of Colossae to build up the body of Christ, he understands that even in the midst of the body of Christ, there will be conflict, there will be suffering, there will be difficulties. But it's in the midst of those conflicts, sufferings, and difficulties that Christ is made known. Are you ready for that? Are you prepared for that? This is what God has done when he brings his people together to grow us in the fullness of Christ himself. Have you ever been to a church where there's been conflict? If you haven't, I don't know what church you've gone to. Have you ever been in a church where you have brothers and sisters and you got into a fight? Well, if you haven't, I don't know if you really had any friends in the first place. But these conflicts, 
these difficult circumstances, these sufferings as Paul has gone through, enables us to see Christ. Are you willing and able to do so? Second point, the purpose of these sufferings, the purpose of the church is to grow people in full maturation of God's kingdom. Maturation in the kingdom of God does not come simply by coming to church every once in a while and leaving. It does not come from just hearing in one year and letting the message go out the other year. But maturation in God is allowing the difficulties of the circumstances in your life be covered and be interpreted by the gospel message that Jesus and Jesus alone can answer. That enables our hearts to confess our sins, enables us to love in such a way that we know that it's not me, it's Jesus. That enables us to give glory to God and, and hope for the kingdom, his kingdom to come today. It's these difficulties and circumstances that allow us to mature in Christ. And in this passage, Paul is saying, listen, I'm not here just to make Christians. I am here to present to God mature believers. It's a difference, right? We say in the world today, right, it's easy to make babies, but it's harder to raise children. It's easy for us to confess that we know Jesus. It's easy to get someone in the door. But that walking with them, that discipleship, that day-to-day battle in helping someone know Christ, the day-to-day failure of, of a brother or a sister who, who keeps failing over and over again, and instead of saying, oh, man, you're hopeless, to say, God's still here. God's still here. Lord, please help me to love this person. God is still here. Maturation in Christ. That can't happen outside the church. That happens within the church. That happens when we accept the difficulties that every church and every church is going to have. Paul says in verse 29, for this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. This is his goal, to love the church. This is his goal, to see Jesus become manifest here today. There's a reckoning in our world, and this isn't, I'm not here to sort of say, um, um, to, to critique large churches as a whole. But there is a reckoning today uh, in the evangelical America about large churches. And the reckoning goes something like this. These churches have grown so large that basically what happens is that you lose the ability to build character of people. You lose the ability to build maturation of people. And there are a lot of people I know, even friends of mine, who have large churches who are trying to think, okay, we have a church of over 1,000 people and our people are not maturing. What do we do with over 1,000 people to help them to walk in the Lord? And there's a reckoning. 
The size of a church is not the issue, though. It's easier to hide in a larger church, of course. But the issue is whatever church you're in, do you suffer with that church? Do you painstakingly struggle to help one another to grow in the Lord? And then third and lastly, the message that Paul has that he powerfully preaches is the simple gospel. That God has chosen not only the Jews, but the Gentiles. He's chosen all of us in him. That he stays on point with his message, not looking to the left, not looking to the right. Not trying to just simply please people for the sake of pleasing people. But telling people over and over and over again, Jesus died for your sins. Jesus is the one who lives in you through the Spirit. That you must labor to confess your sins and labor to love. That your entire life is born out of being called by God himself. And at each and every moment, you walk with him. The beauty of what Jesus has done is simply this. Jesus died for the church. Let me say that again. Jesus died for the church, of which CCPC is one church. Jesus died for this church. Jesus' plan and God's plan was to give all the gifts to the church so that the church would be blessed. To give the gifts to the church so that we can be a blessing to others. But the gathering of all the gifts, the gathering of God's blessings is here. Not me, myself, and my Bible doing my own thing. But for us to gather and to work together in the Lord. If Jesus is the one who's building the church, if Jesus is saying, this is where my presence and blessings will be, it's incumbent upon us, is it not? To be where Jesus is. God loves his church. We're only one church. But I encourage all of you, especially those of you who are visitors, find a church, please. I don't really care which church, to be honest with you, but find a church that preaches the gospel and painstakingly love that church, painstakingly pray for that church, painstakingly get messy with people in that church, painstakingly pray and intercede for that church then the church will grow. Then you will grow. Then the church will mature. Then Christ's presence will grow. Then we'll be a witness to the world. Then we'll be able to bring people with the confidence and say, listen, our church is so messed up, but we love Jesus. Come. You're having problems with, with, with your parents. You're having problems with your marriage or whatnot. Hey, come. We got all of that here. And we're okay talking about it because we know that Christ is present. We don't hide anything. Come. That's what the church does. So find a place anywhere. Go through the rough times together. And God will give you the glorious times as well. Praise be 
to our God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy in all things. And we ask of you once again, Lord God, to bless us in the name of your spirit. Help us to walk with you now as always. Lord, we pray and we thank you that you love your church, Lord God, the body of Christ. We thank you that when we gather together, Lord, in your name, when we hear the word being preached, when we practice communion, Lord God, that when we love one another and commit to one another, Lord God, that in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of, yeah, just difficulty, that you're there and you help us and you speak to us and you show us, Lord, the, the depths of sin, but then you show us the heights of grace. And we mature as individuals and we mature as a church. And then our witness grows tremendously because people see in us not a shallow belief system, but roots that grow deep into our hearts. That when we say we love Jesus and we know Jesus' grace, people can look us in the eyes and see the depths of our sufferings, but the joys of knowing Jesus. When people look into our eyes, they can see us, Lord God, at the cross of Jesus, simply exclaiming, this is all that I need. But Lord, that only comes when we are committed to your body. So help all of us and help this church, CCPC, to do so. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.